Greetings, and welcome to the Linton Witness Project. Thanks for listening in today, and we hope that through these stories of God's presence, you will be able to better find God in your daily life. Now then, please enjoy Elaine's story. Hi, this is Elaine. I think God is always with you, trying to get you to listen. It's really just a matter of stopping and hearing Him. It took me 20 years to listen to what He was wanting me to do, and what a journey it became. It really started when I was 9 years old. A family at my church had adopted a child. It was the first time I was really told about adoption and really understood what it was. As a kid, I couldn't understand how a parent could give up their kid. I mean, how, and how kids didn't have parents? I just didn't understand it. I was convinced that when I grew up, I would adopt my kids. I mean, why bring more people into this world when there are so many kids who needed parents? Again, that was from a child's perspective. Now fast forward 15 years. I was 25, recently married, a homeowner with a mortgage, student loans, and a job I hated. For several months, I had this reoccurring dream about a little boy with red hair. His name was Sam. He was maybe nine years old, and somehow I was supposed to be his mom. The first few weeks, I brushed the dream aside and went on with my day. But after weeks on end, I started dreading going to sleep. Really, I was dreading those dreams. What were they supposed to mean? Was I actually supposed to go find this little boy with red hair named Sam and adopt him? Was he supposed to be telling me something? What was I missing? The only thing I did know was that I was so not ready to be a mom. And maybe that's what scared me the most. When I told my husband about the dreams, we got online and started looking for this little boy named Sam with red hair who was nine. But again, this was the internet was new, social services weren't really putting things online yet for children who were eligible for adoption, so we didn't find him. And so I stopped looking, and I did that because God told me it was okay not to find him. To be honest, it was a priest who did, but God speaks through people all the time, and a priest, well, that's perfect. My husband and I had become friends with this priest. He was a guy who had married us, and we had dinner with him every so often. During one of our dinners, I told him about the dreams and asked him if he knew this kid with red hair, whose name happened to be Sam. I thought it was worth a shot. He looked at me dumbfounded. My mind was racing like, he thinks I'm crazy. What the heck? Why did I tell him this? Seriously, I need to keep my dreams to myself. But what came next was what dumbfounded me. He said Samuel in the Bible was an orphan. He is said to have had red hair. He told me he didn't know this little boy named Sam who needed a home, but maybe... What this means is that I'm supposed to do something to help kids. Maybe I was supposed to adopt a child later or get involved somehow with kids. A huge weight was immediately lifted. I didn't have to go find this kid. I didn't have to go be a mom yet. I could mentor, volunteer, okay, done. And the dream stopped. Over the next few years, I did a few things here and there to help kids. But that conversation and the idea of adoption never left the back of my mind. It seemed I met more and more people who were adopted or were going through the adoption process. I learned more about adoption, the good, the bad, and everything in between, not because I was seeking it out, but because it was just coming in and forms the conversations I had with coworkers, friends, and random people I would meet. Looking back, it was God preparing me for what what was going to happen. He was talking to me through these people, all these random experiences to get me ready helping to answer questions I didn't even have yet. 
He was helping ease me into this world of adoption to get me ready and excited to adopt our daughter. But I still wasn't listening. When I was 29, I was ready to be a mom. But apparently it's not that easy getting pregnant, or at least carrying a baby to term. I had a miscarriage that just wrecked me. I, you know, I started thinking about the whole adoption thing again, and this time my husband did too. We had a lot of serious conversations about it, when we would do it, what countries we would do it, would we do it in the United States, internationally, how the process would work, and then I got pregnant. Adoption was no longer in our minds. Our daughter Samantha was born. I only say her name because I didn't even realize it's a derivative of Samuel, aka the dreams I had of that little boy, Sam. Two years later, we were ready to, we were ready to try for a second child. Again, it's not that easy getting pregnant. We started seeing a fertility doctor who had my husband doing all kinds of things, and then he wanted me to start doing all kinds of things, and I just said no. I wasn't, I wasn't into it. Something just felt wrong about the whole process. And not that the process is wrong, it just didn't feel right for me. When I finally did get pregnant, for some reason I wasn't excited. I was actually sad. I was sad that I wasn't going to get to adopt. We had been talking about it, and we had gotten there, and I finally felt like I was ready. But now it was too late. The next day I miscarried. God had gotten me there. This time, God and I knew. We both knew it was the right time. The hardest part of the adoption process for us was determining if we should adopt internationally or domestically. You're going to laugh, but I ended up flipping a coin. I did two out of three, and each time I got different answers. It was maddening. I finally laid my head down on the table, said a prayer, and asked God to tell me which route to go. Heads Russia, tails United States. It was heads, and a wave of absolute certainty came over me. It was June 7th. I wrote that day down and kept the quarter. I knew June was supposed to mean something, but I didn't know what. We found an agency, we started going through the process, and we sat down the weekend of July 4th and began filling out all the paperwork for the adoption process. It took three months to complete all the papers. The day the information was sent to Russia, we got a phone call. They had found her. She was two, and her birthday was in June. When they told me June, that was crazy, because I knew June was supposed to mean something. They didn't even need to send me pictures. I knew she was it. God had told me that June was important. We did look through the pictures, though. <laughs> Two months later, we were on a plane to Russia, Siberia to be exact, and it was during the winter. Two months later, she was home with us. It usually takes 18 months to two years to do an adoption. And that's especially true for international adoptions. They take a lot of time. It took us six months from the time we sat down at our dining room table on July 4th, filling out that paperwork to the day she came home. That's totally unheard of when you think of international adoption. Even our agency was blown away by the speed of it. In our brain, you know, you could say the agency was great and they just rocked, which they did. But I truly believe it was God. He was making sure she got home because a few months later, Russia ended all U.S. adoptions and that ban is still being upheld. We chose to keep her birth name when, when she came home, not only because it's a beautiful name, but it means light and she is the brightest of them all, the happiest, kindest, and loving little girl you could know. We did choose to change her middle name to Trinity because God helped us find her and complete our family.
Thank you very much, Elaine. This concludes today's episode of the Linton Witness Project. Check back in tomorrow for a fresh story of God's presence in each of our daily lives. Until then, let's all go to be the love, the hope, and the comfort of Jesus Christ in our world. Thanks be to God.